Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today, you'll hear a sermon from Pastor Stan Yee. So without further ado, here he is. Well, good morning. Uh, if you're new to Harvest, my name is Stan, and it's my privilege to, be, uh, the, to have the role of executive pastor here at Harvest Community Church. Um, pastor Dave has uh, asked each of us pastors to share what's on our heart for our church uh, for this year. And Pastor Dave, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, shared his heart about really wanting to, um, you know, choose to live for God. And then last Sunday, Pastor Frank shared about his heart about passing on our faith to others. And today, I actually would like to share with everyone here, to just my own heart, about don't give up on the church. And I know that just even saying that could be mixed feelings. You know, I think... A lot of us might have different reactions. Some of us have had positive experiences with the church, right? And, uh, and you know, that's great. And I, I really am encouraged by those stories and, and by the people that share that. And, but I also know that there's a lot of people in this room and also online that have had negative experiences of the church. Um, and, you know, I just want to even say, just acknowledge, too, that I just really um, just am thankful that you guys are still here listening right now. Uh, even if you had those negative experiences. And, and, and actually, the reality is a lot of us have had both. We have both we, a lot of us had had both. But you know, at the same time, I still feel that there is still hope for the church. And that's what I'd like to share with us this morning. So before we go into the passage, let me just pray for our time together, because I know that uh, this, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that could be felt right now. Father, I, I just pray for our time. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, your voice, would speak the loudest. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that uh, even as I share from this passage, Lord, that, that you would show yourself and that you would show your love for every single person in this room. And no matter what our experience has been with your church, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to encourage us to see you even beyond some of the most painful experiences that we've had. And so, Father, I just pray for this time. May you be glorified, even in the painfulness. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. So the passage this morning I'll be sharing from is Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22. And uh, and this is from the NASB, and I'll read that for us. It says this, so it says, So then you are no longer slaves, or sorry, no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. And... The reason I chose this passage is um, I've been just studying the letter of Ephesians, and uh, and even I think for this year, as I uh, have opportunities to preach, I'll, I'll probably be going through a, a series on Ephesians. But this this particular verses really stand out, and actually, it's it's really the kind of center theme that uh, Paul is trying to get at in the first three chapters of Ephesians, and it really just culminates at this point, and. 
it, it really spoke to me too because even during the pandemic, so just for those of you that uh, don't know, like I, I started, I was part of Harvest for a long time, um, came as a member uh, from a previous church, and then uh, only came on staff as a pastor in 2020. Um, and that was the beginning of 2020. So as you guys know that, uh, that in March of 2020, we, we entered a global pandemic and, uh, and you know, our lives have uh, ever been changed by that. And it really made me think a lot about just the nature of church. And even thinking about what does it mean for us to gather here like this together and worship together. You know, in light of so many differences, and, you know, we've experienced, I think, even more this heightened sense of that we all have so many different ways of seeing the world. How can we come together and worship as brothers and sisters authentically as a church, as, you know, just as God's people? And there are times where, even as I have many discussions with some of you, that some of these differences that we talk through and stuff like that seem sometimes greater than even what we do here as we come together. But I was reminded through these verses that God is still at work in his church, and what he is doing is actually greater than our differences. And I just want to actually share this morning that I'm not just coming this as a, as a pastor, uh, even though I am, and I, I recognize that fact. Um, and I'm not saying and sharing this for us just to convince you guys to like stay here. At, at, at harvest, in particular, um, you know, because even for me, I, I I went through my own experience of of just maybe uh, just hurt and disappointment with the church, uh, and some of you know this story. So, you know, this for me, I was part of a church when I first graduated from college. I uh, I joined a church, a small church in the city, and um, and you know, there's actually some of those people here today that were part of the church. And it was, it was, a, it was a, an amazing small church. I don't know if you've ever been part of that, where you just know everybody. Um, I just remember one time, like, I was, I was part of the welcoming team, and I, I fell asleep in the back of the church during the sermon. And it's one of the churches, people would just walk up to you like, hey, Sam, what are you doing? You know, aren't you supposed to be welcoming people? And I'm, like, sleeping there. Anyways, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, he remembers, he remembers that time. <laughs> but anyways, this was in the early 2000s, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just a small church, and really early on, though, um, really early on, it, yeah, even now it's, it's kind of emotional, but uh, the senior pastor and the founder of the church <clears throat> um, committed uh, marital unfaithfulness and fidelity and uh, this was really hard for a lot of us because uh, a lot of us were part of that church and we looked up to him. He was, he was the guy who started the whole thing. Uh, he was the guy that even encouraged me to consider going to seminary, um, you know, which, which eventually I did. <clears throat> and so there was a lot of hurt and pain and grief. Um, but you know what? Even in that, even in, in that what happened there, there was still this decision as a church, even, as, as even for me going through that, just to stay together uh, without a pastor. We, you know, we, we got together, we talked through it, we processed the whole thing together, and we decided to stay together. And so that was, for me, just amazing 
you know, just a picture of the church, right? And so uh, fast forward uh, years later, um, you know, I was, I became a deacon, I, I was in seminary, um, and we decided as a church to go in a, in a new direction. Um, and uh, without getting into too many details, the, the direction was, was pretty controversial. And uh, being part of the, the deacon and the leadership, you know, we, we, I understood the heart behind it. I understood why we wanted to do it. And we were just talking with many different people, members of the church, through that. And I just remember uh, there was, it, was, it was so many difficult conversations about this. And, and it wasn't because of, of the direction that we were taking. It was really just the way that we were kind of communicating it and, and talking through uh, with those people. And eventually, um, you know, it just got really contentious and, and people just started leaving. And I remember uh, that it was just so hard. It was really hard going through that. I just wanted us to understand each other. I just wanted us to talk, be able to talk through it. But we just weren't able to. And eventually, I decided also to leave the church. The church that, I, that we went through so much together, that I, that I love and still love to this day. So I, I shared this message you know, because I've experienced, I've experienced it. I've experienced the hurt, the pain. I've experienced just the, the desire to give up on the church. Because after leaving uh, that small church, there was a part of me that just didn't want to go to church anymore. I really didn't. But God, in his time and his faithfulness, brought me through that, brought me to this point today. And I just wanted to share with you guys just some of the things that God showed me through the painfulness and through the hurt that I feel like maybe some of us are experiencing today. Sorry, I, I, I just didn't think I would get emotional. It's been more than 20 years since, uh, since that time. But, yeah, it still, still hurts. And uh, just before we talk through the points, um, just when I say church, I, again, when I say that, um, even in, in this passage, Paul talks about the church both as a local and overall church. And so I just don't want people to, to take when I talk about the church just as, um, yeah, oh, thank you, yeah, thank you. Um, 
that I'm just talking about harvest in particular. Now, I'm, I'm talking just even overall, just also too, um, just because even going through that myself, there was just that part of me that just wanted to give up completely, completely. So let me start with uh, really just two realities here that, that Paul talks about in, the, in this letter to Ephesians, two realities. And I think as we go through these realities about his church, God's church, I feel like it really is helpful. I mean, it was helpful for me even reflecting on these things, uh, reasons why that we don't, you know, that we don't have to, we don't have to give up on the church. So the first, the first reality is that the church grows. The church is growing. And so throughout verses 19 through 22, um, Paul uses this uh, building imagery. You know, he talks about, in verse 20, having built on the foundation of the apostles and uh, talks about, in 21, the whole building fitted together, right? And, and in talking about, you know, in 22, being built together. And, and we'll get that to that in the, in the second reality. But, but I really want to focus on what's so interesting is in verse 21, Paul here talks about growing, growing into the holy temple in the Lord. And I, I think that's so interesting because throughout it, it, it talks about building, but he talks in this particular moment about growing. And, you know, I just wanted us to stop for a moment and think about that. What, is it, what does it mean for God's church, for, for this church, for the church overall to grow, to grow? And we have so many examples in life about growing. We have, you know, a lot of us have kids, and we see them, and I was just looking over at, at seeds, and it's just amazing to see uh, some of these kids. I, I've been at Harvest now, I think, for almost 10 years, and, and just seeing some of these kids grow up. Um, and they look so different, you know, uh, than they did, you know, 10 years ago. And, and you know, plants can grow, right? And cities can grow. And, um, you know, anything that has life in it grows. And I think there's one reality about growth that really just, as I was reflecting, just really stuck with me, that where something is isn't where it will be, right? Where something is isn't where it will be. And I think, you know, God himself, Jesus himself provides this picture, and he shares this in, in so many different ways, but really there's this one parable that I feel like really captures this, and this is in Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. He gives this parable about a mustard seed and how it grows into the largest of trees. And now let me read that for us. And, and, and just to let you guys know, the little image on the left-hand side is, is mustard seeds. I don't know if you guys were wondering what that was. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I was just trying to think of a creative way. You know, Pastor Dave does such a good job with slides. And so I'm trying to learn from him. Grow, grow, you know. <laughs> grow with that. Anyways, uh, so let me, let me read Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. And he was saying, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? And by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is the smallest of all seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches with the result that the birds of the sky can nest under its shade. And what I like about this parable is that Jesus actually points out that 
the result of this small mustard seed is turning into a large tree. And not that a large tree to see like the tree itself is like, man, look how great I am, look how influential I am, look how big I am. But really it's for the birds to nest under its shade. You know, and I feel like that's, that's really apt, an apt picture. Because I think, unfortunately, the church, like the church and church history overall has just been littered with the ambitions of a lot of its church leaders wanting to make a name for themselves by growing the church. And I, and I really believe that, really with that motivation, that it's led to so many unhealthy ways for us as a church overall. And this is not God's heart for the church. You know, God's not interested in numbers or size or influence or these kind of things. He's interested in growing in faithfulness to his kingdom. And I think that's really even shows here in Mark because like the parable right before this, so the, there's a couple parables in this chapter, but the very first one in this chapter is about the parable of the soils. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it talks about how God is planting the seed of his word in the soil of our hearts. And really it's talking about faithfulness to his kingdom. And I think that it just paints this picture that God is really interested and faithfulness, and especially for all of us together, faithfulness to him, more than just influence and numbers and size. And even though there's been so many stories after stories of unfaithfulness of when it comes to church and her leaders, I know that God is still working towards his church to become more faithful. You know, I don't always see it, and you only can sometimes catch glimpses. But really, this is what God is doing. He's growing his church towards faithfulness. And I, sometimes it's, hard, it's easy for us to forget that because all we see is so many stories of brokenness and bad things and everything else. And so like, I, I just wanted to encourage us this morning, too, that, that growth, that's what ultimately the growth is for, not those other things. But God is asking and calling us to grow in faithfulness to him as a church. And then one other observation is that growth is painful. Growth is painful. Um, you know, this isn't from the passage itself, but just observation about what growing is like. And, you know, as I see some of these kids, again, it's like they enter into their teenage years and things like that. And I just remember going through, you know, when you go through growing pains, it's, it's, it's really painful. Like, you know, for me, I had a growth spurt my senior year in high school. I just remember feeling like, man, it feels like my bones are, like, pushing out through my, like, legs, and, and it's just, it's, it's a weird feeling. And I think any growth can and will be at times painful. And this isn't just true of us today. This is true even of the church back, uh, the early church back in the day. Like, uh, early church, if you, if you are familiar with that, the early church started in Jerusalem, and there were, many of them were, were Jewish. Um, Jesus himself was Jewish. But as the church grew, more and more people be, that were joining the church were, were Gentile, were non-Jew. And there was racial tension, real racial tension in the church at that time. And that was one of their biggest, biggest conflicts, I feel like, in the early church. And you can even read about it, actually. In, in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, 
two people. The Apostle Paul wrote you know, Ephesians, right, the letter to Ephesians, and Apostle Peter wrote First and Second Peter. And these two had enormous conflict right there. It's recorded for us in history to see that the Apostle Paul calls out the Apostle Peter for, for showing favoritism toward the Jews. And you can see that. And, and yet the church still survives to this day. It's just so interesting that the Bible doesn't shy away from that fact, that, that the growth can be painful. So that's the first reality, that the church is growing. The second reality is that the church is growing into a temple. The church is growing into a temple. And let me read, uh, and this is shown in verse 21. Let me read that for us again. And the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. A holy temple. And I'm sure for most of us, growing into a temple or a temple, is, it doesn't really land for us. You know, for a lot of us, you know, we may have experienced growth, and we, we see that all around us, but a temple isn't something that we're very familiar with. But for the Apostle Paul, and him growing up as a Jew, and, and it's just, it was central to their life as a Jewish person in their Jewish culture, that the temple was really equated with God's presence. Like if you entered into that physical space, that temple, you were entering into God's very presence, the creator of the universe. And you can even see it here. Uh, That's why I highlighted it. Paul even acknowledges acknowledges that fact, a dwelling of God in the spirit. Right? He also talks about it right there. And I, I want to point that out because, you know, I had a conversation at lunch with a friend of mine, um, you know, this week, and and we were just talking and. As we were talking, we were talking about just our expectations of church. And it really struck me that a lot of times our differences that we have in the experience and even voice to one another is because we have different expectations when we come to church. That we, we come and we, we feel like, oh, I, I, I'm expecting this or I'm expecting that. And, and because of those differences, like, it really can eventually cause us to see things in very different ways. And I, I want to really ask us, if coming into here, and, I, and I'm, I really appreciate that we're here in Schaumburg just because, like, this is a little easier for me to picture, um, coming into this space, that we're coming into God's very presence. Right? I, and I think that that reality, that entering in to church together, that we're entering into God's very presence. This is the reality that Paul is trying to point to. And I just appreciate that this is happening in Schaumburg right now just because if you're in Hoffman, you say it's high school, it's a cafeteria, and it's just, it's hard, it's really hard sometimes just to picture, hey, this is God's presence. And I've even talked to some of you that went to Hoffman State's high school, and you're like, I used to eat lunch in here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it, That's, it's hard, it's hard. But, but really, I, I just, my, my question for us this morning is, if, how would your expectations of church change if you knew that you were right now coming in to God's very presence? The God of the universe. The God who has created all of us. The God who has created all those things. The God of goodness and love. How would that change your expectation of church if you knew you were entering into his very presence right now in this moment? And I don't want to get into 
all the different expectations that we may have. But I just wanted to point out that entering into God's presence, if we really believe that, that should change what we, how we think about church and our expectations of it. And I, and I know that sometimes when we think about that, you know, we think about it, and I've had conversations with a lot of you that, yeah, entering in God's presence, that makes sense, but can I do that on my own? Can't I do that by myself? Like when I have my quiet time, when I read the Bible, when I pray, isn't that entering into God's presence? And that is true. I agree with that. But there is an aspect of entering into God's presence corporately, altogether. That God has called us not just to connect with him individually, but also to connect with him corporately. And I think this is even reflected in the, even in the nature of who God is. He's a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He himself is a community by himself. Right? And, and so like, I, think, I really believe that if we feel that we can experience God on your own, that's true. But there's a part of God, who God is and his love that we're missing out on. That we're missing out on his love and his, his presence, you know, despite our differences, despite sometimes how we see things so differently. That it's a picture of, of this, the diversity of even who God is when we are able to come together authentically, authentically come together despite our differences. And maybe sometimes the differences themselves actually lead us to a place of even more beautiful diversity in that way. You know, and I know that sometimes when we think about coming together corporately, one of the expectations or one of maybe the problems, if you will, that we think about is that when you get together corporately, the problem sometimes, and you know, I, and I just want to say this before I say this, is I, I say this because I myself have thought this, that sometimes the problem with church is people. <laughs> so I just say that because I have voiced that myself, too, at times. That the problem with church sometimes is people. And, and, I, and I even, as I say that now, I know nowadays you can just clip out a portion of what I said, and now let's go online, and Pastor Sand says this. <laughs> but, but hopefully you'll hear the whole message in the context of this, that, that you know, this is sometimes a thought that we have, or a heart that we have, is that the problem with church is people. That the church is filled with people that, you know, rub us the wrong way sometimes. May, may we, we feel that they are treating us in a self-righteous way. Or maybe they even directly have hurt us. And there is truth. I don't want to minimize that. There is truth in that. There is truth in that. And I also don't want to excuse that, the, that there is sinfulness in that. That what God has called us to do is not just accept the sinfulness of the things that have, people have caused other people. God wants there to be repair and healing in that and, and, and confession and repentance. But even in that, even in that as we come together as people, broken people, people that hurt each other, that sometimes sin against each other, that God is still calling us to be together, to work through those things, to be able to 
confess to one another, to repent, to turn to him. Right? That the church, yes, it is filled with difficult people. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that at the same time, that it's really not about the people, but about God and his presence. And I, th- I really believe this, that through the hurt and through those things, that God can show us in his glory. Because who do we follow? We follow a crucified Savior. Just stop for a moment and think about that. That's who we follow. He, he was killed. Right? Think about, like, it's, it's, it's like you're following somebody that lost, that, that went through the ultimate humiliation. And that's who we follow. So how can we not try our very best and through the hurt and through the pain be able to, to even work those differences out? Because it is Jesus who we follow. And that's how I like to end things today. That really it's only through Jesus that all of this is even possible. And really Paul points this out really as one of his first things in verse 20. He says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And without getting into too many details, really, that, that this cornerstone really is, is the kind of key piece, the central piece to the foundation. And really, I think Paul is really trying to say here is that really is through Jesus himself. If we've experienced Jesus' grace and mercy, and he talks about that really in Ephesians earlier on, that if we've experienced his grace and mercy, how can we not extend that grace and mercy to others? That if we truly experience that, there, there is this life-changing aspect to, to Jesus and the forgiveness that is found in this freedom that we have in him. That he has called us, because we've received it, to be able to reciprocate that to others. And it is, that is the foundation of the church. And that is really ultimately why I'm standing here today. Through the pain, through all the ups and downs that even I've personally experienced through church. And that was just, <laughs> that was just my first church experience. I've been a part of another church, and there's more stories and other things <laughs> that are there. But through all of that, I'm standing here today because of Jesus, because of the grace and mercy I found in him. So I just, uh, you know, I know this is a heavy message. I know that there is a lot of emotion that can be brought up by this, by talking about this. And so I just wanted to give us a moment to reflect, even as we think about these things, a moment just to, to ask God, you know, what does it mean for you not to give up on the church? I, I know that it looks differently for all of us here because all of us have gone through different experiences. But what does it look like for you not to give up on the church? And so as... as uh, you know, Audrey plays some background music. Let's let's just spend some time reflecting on that. Spend some time just being with God. And after a little bit, I'll I'll close us in prayer. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.